Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away all right so this one's weird podcast can be a little different today because i am leaving town today at noon martin was unable to meet up to record and i need to have something up by sunday so i was like how how should i do this i was talking to martin i was like hey why don't i do like a like an individual recap a lot of the stuff we've talked about explain some stuff, talk some shit, put it out there. And then maybe this is something that people like as like an in-between episode or something. So I want to start off this podcast with a little story that I think I told on the last one, or maybe high spotted on the last one. And it's, it's of this, this grandfather and this grandfather is, is telling his grandson and he's talking about this battle that's going on inside of him. And the battle is between a dark wolf and a light wolf. And the dark wolf represents all the bad things that are happening. It represents greed and envy and hate, and it represents the ego and it represents all this shit. Right. And the, and the light wolf, the white wolf represents love and trust and 
enlightenment and inclusion and all of this stuff that, that, that is positive in your life, all the positive values. And these wolves are battling back and forth. And he's telling his grandson and the grandson looks and he's like, well, who's winning? And he tells the grandson, he's like, the wolf that you feed is going to win. And that's what this podcast is about. This podcast is about feeding that wolf. If you can listen to this for an hour a week, maybe watch some videos from the Instagram. You can like some pages. You can do a bunch of other things on that end. And then maybe after that, you start to surround yourself with positive people and that has a positive impact. And then after that, you actually go in and you start to look at the social media pages that you follow and you go over that and get rid of all the hate and all the trash and all the garbage and all the stuff that's just wasting your time. And you surround yourself with people that are inspiring on social media. And then after that, you start to look at the type of type of ways that you spend your time and you stop watching shit TV shows on Netflix and you start watching documentaries and you start learning, you start enlightening yourself, you start building your brain and maybe you start doing audio books and traffic instead of listening to talk radio or the regular radio. I mean, the regular radio is great, but holy crap, man, I can't do commercials anymore. It's trash, but you take all this and then over time it compounds. And when you compound that, again and again and again and again, all of a sudden you have just the makings of being a beast and that is feeding that light wolf. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is like all the different aspects of things that, that we've, that we do and things that we talk about and all the different things that we've had the, uh, had the chance to talk to other people about on this podcast. And I kind of just want to, want to break down the the squared away mindset and, and, and what being squared away is. And squared away is this this interesting concept that Martin brought to me after recording a few episodes that kind of opens up the world to all the different aspects of self-improvement. And you are never, you are never squared away. You're, it's never an accomplishment. Squared away is, is an investment in your time an investment in yourself. It's a, it's a process or a mindset. And that mindset is concentrating on all the different aspects of personal improvement and the different aspects that we really like to, to like to highlight are the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. So I think what I want to do is I want to take each one of those and break them down and just kind of cover a lot of the high spot info, more of a, like a, like a bullet point conversation. And if you guys are listening to this and you want to reach out, Hey, I want more info on this. Hey, I don't agree with this. Like me and Martin's email is always in the bottom of every podcast that we do. And I really would like to get some, some more engagement. There's a few of you guys out there that listen every week religiously, and you're always writing me stuff. And that's awesome. And I would, I would love because you sending me stuff and us having those conversations open my eyes to more things that I would never come across. Because I mean, I have two phones. I have one phone that is like my, my, my work phone and my family phone and my, and my everything that I need to see. And then I have my old phone that has my social media on it. And I don't spend much time on it. Like I got friends that got to message me like, Hey, I sent you something here. Look at it. And it's just, my time is, is too valuable for me to have to scroll through a thousand things to find one golden nugget. Right. So, but if you guys randomly come across golden nuggets and send them to me, then I'm able to enlighten myself and then talk about it here. And Martin and I are able to enlighten thousands of people. So take your time. If if you have anything, shoot it out to me, man. Shoot it out to Martin. You, you want to just 
tell him that Asians aren't as cool as he think they are, tell him. He likes to hear that. I tell him all the time. <laughs> but I guess to start breaking it down, let's let's work into the the physical. And what is physical? Well, physical covers a lot of different things. Physical covers your physical body as far as the aesthetics, right? So if we break it down into aesthetics, you've got your muscle mass, your body fat, your ratios with good ratios, you build confidence with confidence. We start to get into the mental aspect, but it also goes to the ability of your body, right? Like if you have, if you have a, a, a muscle car, right? You got a big jack muscle car, but you can't do a damn thing with it. Then what's the point? So we got to talk about the physical in its form and its function. And so when we start to talk about form, the first thing we got to look at, because we're in America is your body fat. So where is a good place to be body fat percent wise? Well, for everybody, that answer is going to be a little bit different, but I tell you for nobody, that answer is 28 or 30, 28 or 30, a, a, a BMI of 28 or 30 means you are, you are unhealthy. Fat to that level causes inflammation, a ton of inflammation. Inflammation is what causes damage to joints and to cellular linings. Even inflammation has been speculated and, and possibly proved that it causes the cells to expand. And when you, and if you're only listening to the audio on this podcast, I apologize because like I'm doing hand signals here, but if you have these cells in your brain and they are like a dopamine receptor or a, or a serotonin receptor, and they have like these square edges or hexagon edges or however you want to look at it. And then th those receptors work in one way. The, the dopamine is shaped in a specific way. The dopamine molecule is shaped in a specific way and it can only fit in there. Well, if those cells are like bloated, right? Like that serotonin and dopamine can't get in there. And it is part of the cause of like anxiety and depression and stuff like that. So if you are, if you're feeling a lot of those, a lot of those negative feelings emotionally, and that gets into the emotional, then first we need to take a look at the meat wagon. And if the meat wagon is unhealthy, then we need to, we need to look at that. And so if you are carrying a ton of extra body fat, you're likely inflamed. What else is a problem? Well, you're also carrying around a ton of extra weight. If, if you at 18% body fat would be 180 pounds, but you're 230 pounds, you're carrying around an extra 50 pounds or almost an extra 35% of your body that you really shouldn't be carrying around. So what does that do? Well, I mean, first of all, it wears on your joints like a beast. Can you imagine putting a 30 pound or 50 pound backpack on and carrying it around every day? Man, that shit would suck. But what it also does is it also causes your body to have to work that much harder to do everything. And when we work that much harder, we create oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is basically what causes cell death and causes us to age. So if you are overweight and carrying around a ton of extra weight, you're actually aging yourself faster and probably killing yourself faster in so many more ways. But then, all right, so you could be, you could be just skinny, right? Like, like skinny fat, some people call it, but if you're, if you're just skinny and don't have muscle mass, then I'm not sure if you guys know, but starting at like 40 or 50 years old, your muscle mass starts to decrease somewhere between like 
two to 5% a year or one to 5% a year. So if you are starting it at 40 or 50 years old and you barely have any muscle mass, think about how frail and damaged and unable you're going to be at 70 years old. Well, a lot of us aren't going to be able to actually retire and not work until we're 65, 66, 67. So what happens then? Have we just worked our entire life to then be frail and die? Fuck that. So we need to concentrate on losing fat and putting on muscle. So how do we put on muscle? First things first, right? Like when I start to talk to people about, about body recomposition, like there's a, there's a hierarchy of things that we need to do. And number one is we need to get our sleep in check, right? Because it doesn't matter how hard you work or how good you eat. If you are getting shit sleep, you are not going to be able to maintain it. You're not going to be able to repair and recover, and you are not going to be able to put on muscle mass. So we need to get our sleep in check. For some people, that means, you know, five, six good hours. For some people, that means seven, eight good hours. Rarely does it mean 10 and rarely does it mean three. So you know where you feel good and where you feel recovered, right? And most of us do. And for me, it's about seven hours, like, and it's a consistent seven hours. Like if I go one night where I don't have good sleep or I only sleep for three hours, I don't just get to make that up the next night. Like it's a slow grind to get back. So we need to get our sleep in check. What happens? What's next after we get our sleep in check? Then we need to get our diet in check. And what does that mean? Well, there's a big, a big, uh, a big gray area of like perfect diet and shit diet. And just because you're not at the perfect diet doesn't mean you can't be closer to the perfect diet from the shit diet. So first things first, we need to try to reduce the processed foods. And if you think about processed foods, like processed foods are all the shit that come from the center of the grocery store, right? It's, it's the box snacks, it's the breads, it's the noodles, it's the candy, it's the cakes, the cupcakes, the cookies, the pancakes, the waffles, the pasta salads, the cereals, the Eggos, the, did I say Pop-Tarts yet? I might've said Pop-Tarts, donuts, pastries, bakery stuff. It's all the food that goes through so many processes that your body just sucks it right up and has to spike a ton of insulin to then break it down and process it. Because what happens is like if I eat 30 grams of carbohydrates in an apple, which be like an apple and a half or two apples, right? If I eat 30 grams of carbohydrates in an apple, all the sugars that are in that apple, my body has to break down those cells to get to that sugar. So it's kind of like you think about this. And I talked about this in the nutrient in the nutrition podcast. It's like breaking down wood or burning wood, right? Like if I put a chunk of wood in a fire and I light it on fire, it's going to like take a real slow turn to get it to burn or slow time to get it to burn. And then it's going to burn slow and it's going to burn long versus if you guys have ever burned cardboard, cardboard is just processed wood. That's like your cereal, right? So the same amount of carbohydrates or the same amount of energy, because that's all, that's all a calorie is, is a, is a measurement of energy. That same amount of energy in a processed form is like burning cardboard. And if you guys have ever burned cardboard, cardboard is like, you light it up and it burns super hot. Like your face is melting. You're like, ah, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it burns out and it's gone. And 
the problem is, is in your body, when that happens, your body has to spike a ton of chemicals to process that energy because it, you can't just raise your blood sugar or you, you'll die. Like if your blood sugar went that high. So what it does, is it needs to spike your system full of insulin. Well, when you spike your system full of insulin, insulin is a fat storage hormone. So if I eat an apple and it's 30 carbohydrates, let's say my body has to use three units of insulin and these are arbitrary measurements, but it has to use three units of insulin to process that sugar. And that's over a half an hour or two hours. Well, then that is a slow secretion of insulin into my system. It's like burning cardboard. My body can burn the energy as I'm using it because as I'm walking around, as I'm breathing, as I'm sitting here, as I'm talking to you, I'm burning up energy, right? What happens when I eat that, you know, uh, wafer cereal, whatever you call that crap. Well, then all of a sudden for the same 30 grams of carbohydrates or 30 calories, I don't even know what I was talking about, which unit of measurement I was talking about. I think I was talking about grams of carbohydrates. My body has to use 15 units of insulin and that 15 units of insulin comes in like 20 minutes. Well, then all of a sudden my body's like, look at all this energy we got. Let's store this fat. And it just sucks it into all your fat cells. That's why we need to stay away from processed carbohydrates. And then you want to eat, you want to talk about like sugar coated covered cereal, right? Like then we're not even, we're not just getting like the processed carbohydrates. We're getting the processed carbohydrates spiked with a little of that crack, a little bit of that sugar crack. And we spike it with that sugar crack. That's like pouring fucking gasoline on cardboard. And it's like, woof. and then all of a sudden your body's eating. Then that's when you need a nap, right? That's like after the ice cream cone, me and Martin talk about ice cream all the time. We love some fucking ice cream, but so that's the biggest thing with your diet. When, when you need, you need to first thing is like, try to reduce the processed carbohydrates. And then after we reduce the processed carbohydrates, then the next big thing we need to do is we need to try to get our protein intake up <laughs> because our protein intake, the biggest thing about protein is, is that's what our body uses to repair muscles. And build muscle fiber because muscle is protein like that. That's where it comes from on the animal and that's where it goes to in us. So we should be somewhere around like three quarters of a gram to a gram of protein per pound of like lean body mass. So let's go back to that guy that's 230 pounds, but really at a healthy body fat percentage, he would be like 180 pounds. So he should be somewhere between like 150 to 180 grams of protein a day. And you got to watch how much of that you're getting from like processed protein, because just like processed carbohydrates, processed proteins have their benefits, but they also have their negatives and their negatives is, is they kind of come in and go out real fast. So if your body doesn't need them or can't break them down or can't, can't uptake them, a lot of that protein, you might just be like pissing out. So we're going to try to get a good amount of that protein from real food, from whole food. So let's say like, man, if we can get like a hundred grams of like solid meat protein, and then like another 50 grams, 60 grams in via like a protein shake, protein bar, stuff like that. Like that would be a really good place for that dude. Okay. Or, or, or female. Um, and then after that is when you can start like tweaking all the weird things, like your energy balance and you're reducing your calories, right? Your, your protein always stays the same, but your carbohydrates and your fats can be, can be kind of molded depending on where you're at, how much energy you're using. If you want to lose weight, if you're just trying to build muscle and all these different things you want to do, and then you can start adding in like supplements and you can start doing 
um, extra, extra things around workouts. You can do food timing. And then like, that's where we start to get like from the shit diet over to like the amazing diet, right? The perfect, perfect, you know, key diet. And somewhere in there is where you're going to be and where you're going to feel the best. And just because you're not here at the perfect diet doesn't mean you can't get further away from this trash is where you're at. So that's like, that's the diet part of physical. So now how about the movement part of physical? Well, that's another like big, big drastic gray area or, or, or scale. Right. And give me a second and, and I'll get right. And I'll get right to that. I need to take a little second for this. Okay. Physical, we're going to call it physical movement, not working out because people that call it working out, or you start to talk about workouts and people get a little weird about it. So we're going to call it physical movement. Look at that thing out of my face. Um, so, so your physical movement, like I, this is another big scale, right? And everybody's got a different starting point. Everyone moves their body a little bit different and a little bit less or more. And then everybody has a different goal. So like, let's, let's first talk about like the starting point and this is where you guys got to kind of be, I don't know what the right word is like self-reflective. So you need to be as self-reflective as possible. So where is your starting point? How, how many steps are you guys putting in a day? Is your job physical or do you sit at a computer? Um, have you ever started to work out? Have you never worked out before? What was your, you know, sporting history in high school? Like we, we, we have all these things that we need to first figure out. And it's like where you're at, once you figure out where you're at, let's keep this in the screen. Uh, once you figure out where you're at, then you can start to do more and, and you can park further away. You can move your body more. You can work out more. You can get up and go for walks in the middle of your day. You can get a standing desk. You can do all these different, these different hacks or different things that you can do. We got to know where you start. So then let's talk about the goals, right? Like the different goals that everybody has. And if you are medium to drastically overweight, then I would say your first goal should be to lose fat. Okay. So let's, let's concentrate on that first. If you're, if, if you're a skinny guy, skinny girl, and you're just looking to put on muscle, then just hold for a second and we'll, we'll get to that. This won't take that long to talk about the f losing fat. While Losing fat is easy. I'm sorry. While losing fat is simple, it's not easy. The simplicity of it is, is you put a certain amount of calories in your body and you burn more calories in a day than you put in your body. You will lose fat. Um, you will lose weight, period. Because what's happening is you are, that's what's called a calorie deficit. You're in a deficit of the amount of calories that you're burning. Now, while that's simple, it's not easy because our body is a malleable organism. And we, if we just stop eating or we we're in a thousand calorie deficit every day, our body will down regulate everything that we do. And when you're done with dinner, instead of having that feeling to get up and move around or when you get home from work and your kids want to play, instead of having that feeling of going out and play with them, your body will emotionally and mentally change you to be lethargic because you do not have the extra energy to burn. Where people see a lot of benefits there is 
in a ketogenic diet where you don't have the energy spikes up and down. You are kind of always at a good base level of energy and your body is always burning on fat. It's just sometimes it's fat that you eat and sometimes it's fat on your body. So while the the science dorks will tell you like keto doesn't make any sense, it's calories in, calories out. Yes, you're a thousand percent right. It is calories in, calories out. But the part that that completely ignores is that ignores the mental and emotional aspect of being in a calorie deficit. And those people, they, they just ignore that. So what we need to do is to try to hack that mental and emotional side. So if you are, if, if you're obese, if you have a lot of extra body fat, I suggest looking into and studying ketosis. What ketosis is, is a state of, energy consumption in your body where your body is using fat, the energy and fat is ketones versus glucose, which that is the energy and carbohydrates. Do the research, figure it out and commit to it. Um, you can't go in and out. You can't go up and down. You can't do keto five days a week and then eat normal on the weekends. You will fuck your system up. But if you are if you are drastically obese or 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 obese and have a lot of extra body fat, what what ketosis will do, what being in ketosis, which which means eating probably 50, 60 percent of your calories in a day coming from fat and then being in a calorie deficit, what that will do is and you have to have that calorie deficit. You can't eat 5000 calories of fat a day and expect to lose any weight. I promise it will not work. But eating fat a good amount of fat, a high percentage of your daily intake in fat, adding in enough protein to be muscle sparing, and then being in a calorie deficit. What that does over time is that actually completely resets your metabolic metabolic disorder, which if you are, if you are obese or drastically obese or morbidly obese, you have metabolic disorder. So not only does your body use extra insulin because of the food that you're eating, it actually reduces your insulin sensitivity and you have to use more. So it's like a compounding effect. So get, learn about ketosis, message me. I'll talk to you about it. Maybe I'll try to do like a full write-up on ketosis. I'm not like a super, super science dork when it comes to the science behind it, but I understand how it works and I understand why it mentally improves. But so think about that. At, at, at all else, if you want to lose fat, you should be in like a, like a three to 500 calorie deficit for the day. So there's a lot of calculators all over the internet that will give you your, your basal, basal metabolic rate. You can put in your energy levels, your height, your weight, you can do all these different things and it'll give you a suggestion. And then you can kind of go from there and figure out where you should be. Track your food. Um, download the MyFitnessPal app, figure out what you're eating and then be in a calorie deficit. Okay. That's losing fat, right? All right. Putting on muscle to put our body wants to be strong, but it wants to be efficient. So if it thinks that food is always scarce, it is not going to pack on a bunch of muscle. So if putting on muscle is your goal, we're going to need to be at a maintenance calorie dose or a little above for our body to be like, okay, like I'm in a healthy state. It's time for me to actually start getting stronger 
And then as you lift heavier weights and do more movements and stress your body, it then as a compensatory mechanism recovers, puts on muscle. So let's say your, you know, let's say your basal metabolic rate after, a, you know, multiple calculators averages out to like 2,200 calories a day. So we're going to say 2,200 to 2,400 calories a day. And then how are we going to lift? Well, if we want to just get stronger, we're going to, we're going to lift weights that put us at like a, a two to five rep and we can't do any more. And then we're going to wait a few minutes in between sets. And then we're going to do another two to five. And we're going to do that like somewhere around five to 10 sets a week. And we're going to give ourselves a lot of time to recover because this is what's called power lifting. You're literally just getting stronger. You're not necessarily putting on a ton more muscle, although you will put on a little more muscle. If we want to put on muscle muscle, we are going to up those reps, drop the weight down to where between eight and 12 reps, we are gassed like eight on our ninth rep. We're like we're, we're grinding to get it out. Right. And then we're going to wait a minute and we're going to do another set. And we're going to try to get between 10 and 20 sets a week in for each of our, each of our big movements. And that's going to put on, that's going to tell our body to hypertrophy, which is put on muscle mass. So that like high spots, all of that part of the physical, um, as you're doing that, you will notice a lot of mental and emotional benefits. So next, let's kind of let's kind of roll into the emotional. So what do, what do we mean by emotional health and how and how can you improve emotional health? Well, emotional health is I mean, a lot of it is going to be like your reaction to the world and your emotional well-being about yourself. So first, your reaction to the world is going to come down to your mindset. And that's when we start to talk about the growth mindset and we start to talk about meditation and by meditation in this aspect, I don't necessarily mean like hoorah, rah, Indian circle meditation. What I mean is mindfulness and mindfulness is literally just being aware of what's going in your mind because I've talked about this a ton, but there is stimulus, which is something that happens to you. And then there is reaction. So it's stimulus, boom, hits you. And then your reaction of how you react to it. Again, if you're not watching the video, you're just seeing us. I'm doing a bunch of weird hand movements that don't necessarily make sense to audio, but without mindfulness, that gap between stimulus and reaction is tiny. It's like minuscule. It's almost like those balls that you, that you drop and one ball hits another ball and then they fly back and forth. I don't even know what those damn things are called, but it's like that. And as you practice mindfulness meditation, which is literally just closing your eyes, breathing and concentrating on the breath, you can do some sort of a, a, a two syllable word. I like to do this counting meditation where you take each number and make it into two syllables. And one, one of the syllables is on the in breath and one of the syllables is on the out breath. And then I'll count up so that I can kind of like, I have something I can concentrate on. I'm concentrating on the breath and it's, it's giving me something to measure myself because when I get to 14, and then my mind starts to wander and then I, I, I notice it that the wind is my mind has wandered and I grab it and I bring it back and then I start over. So I made it to 14 that time and then I'll try to make it to a higher number. But that's what me mindfulness meditation is. And as you practice mindfulness meditation, you take that tiny little gap of between the stimulus of whatever happened to you and then your reaction and you build 
the distance between those. And as you can build the distance between stimulus and reaction, you all of a sudden have time to look at that stimulus. You have time to think about what happened, how much it can affect you, how it really can't affect you unless you let it bother you. And then you have a time to calm the reaction. So if we just take that and we look at that as a, a traffic scenario. So you have zero gap between your stimulus and reaction. Okay. Guy flies by you, cuts in because there's another car there, hits his brakes because he's too close to the car in front and then, and then pulls over on the side to get off, to go around two other cars. Your instant reaction is rage. You are in a rage of, of nothing that you have ever felt. You start to shake your heart rate elevates. You dump cortisol into your system and you want to chase this guy down and you want to grab him by the collar of his shirt, rip him out of his fucking car and beat him into a pulp on the side of the interstate, right? Like that's the feeling that you have and you have this rage. Okay. As you practice mindfulness meditation, you build that gap, right? And the guy still does the same thing, but then you have, instead of a millisecond to think about your reaction, you have a second or two seconds where you have, your body has not reacted yet. And you've thought about it. And in that thought, you can remind yourself, well, he didn't fucking hit me. Like, yeah, that was scary for me for a second. He could have hit me, but he didn't silver lining. I'm still driving to work. I don't know where that guy's going. What if that guy is trying to get to the hospital because his dad is almost, you know, almost ready to die and he wants to apologize for something that he said the night before? You don't know what is going on in that guy's life. And all of a sudden, all of that nasty reaction just kind of fades away. And you're never perfect at that. It's just like everything else. But but the the goal of, of working on being squared away or working towards being squared away or the mindset of being squared away is, is improving all these things a little bit. So that's one of the big things with emotional, with the, the, the emotional strength. And then the other big thing is, um, and then, and then the other big thing is the growth mindset, which we talk about, which guys, if you have not read Carol Dweck's book, growth mindset, audiobook it, look up YouTube videos, go listen to our mindset podcast. We did twice. That's how important it is. But the growth mindset is literally changing your operating system from I can't to I can't yet, or I will be able to with the right amount of effort. And while that sounds, it's just like, it's just like the calories in calories out bullshit. While that sounds super simple, it is super simple. It's just not easy. But why? What what is what does Carol talk about? What is the science behind this and why would we do it? Well, this is is so drastically important to everything that you want to achieve in life that when they tested growth mindset versus fixed mindset people internal biases that actually reduce the output of people. So, so generally because of external biases and internal biases that people have, well, actually just because of internal biases, if in a, in a study, if a certain group of people, whether it be a minority or, or a sex, you know, females are cued at the beginning of a test, like uh, a simple cue, like, Women generally don't do as good on this test because they're not as analytical, but just try your hardest. That is a cue that would actually reduce 
the average female score versus male score in that group versus the alternate group, which was not cute. Okay. Here's where the mindset shit comes in. The people who prior prior to this were tested and were and were and were in a growth mindset. They had a growth mindset. They were just because there is fixed and growth mindsets. Those people's scores were no different between the sexes. That is insane. That that right there should be one of the that should be screamed from rooftops. If you have a growth mind mindset, then internal biases do not affect your performance. Think about that in an applicable setting in our country. If you have a growth mindset being told that your group, whether it is your sex, your age, your race, your mentality, your income level, your state that you're from, your city you're from, you're the school that you're from, whatever will have zero effect on your ability to perform. That should be yelled from rooftops and told, but we don't, we don't talk about it because we don't want to actually like at that point, we would have to admit that there's differences between people. And, and the thing is, is like, there are differences, but there's good and bad differences. Come on, people. We're not that ridiculous, but that is the biggest thing with growth mindset. So how do you build a growth mindset? Well, a lot of mindset is, is, is bred into you and it is your nurture or your household, um, your parents, your school, like growing up. But as an adult, if you want to build a growth mindset, you need to change your programming or change your mindset by the way that you talk to yourself. And right there brings us back to what we just talked about, which was mindfulness meditation. You need to be mindful of yourself so that you can change your attitude in those situations slowly over time. This isn't like one day I'm a fixed mindset. Next day I'm a growth mindset. This is another big scale. We could be here. We could be here. We're going to be somewhere in here and we just want to try to get better. So if we work on our mindfulness meditation, we can then slowly start to change the way that we talk to ourselves in our head. And when something comes up that we want to try, but we're scared of or something that we don't know how to do, we can slowly change that initial right stimulus. OK, I see that I would like to do that, but I don't know how. OK, reaction. I don't know how to do that. I'm not going to try it Two, we change that then because we've built that, that big gap between our stimulus and our reaction. We change it to, I don't know how to do that yet, but I want to learn. And I, once I figure out somebody that can teach me, or I figure out a place for me to learn, I'm going to put in the effort because I know that practice of doing something is going to make me better at it. So that is our emotional. That is so we've gotten through the physical and the emotional. And now Let's cover the mental because the mental is, is, is literally just expanding your mind, always expanding your mind, always growing. So why, why expand your brain? Why work on your mental strength? Well, there's, there's like some surface level stuff there, right? Like you, the smarter you are, the more you can get done, the more interesting you are to people, the more conversations you can have, the more value you can add to people's lives. Like there's, there's all this surface level stuff. And that makes sense. It does. It's like, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to talk about that aspect of why to grow your, your mental strength, your mental capacity, your vocabulary, your knowledge base, your, your everything that goes along with, with growing. But there's also some really interesting 
functional stuff in there that happens. And if you are not aware, there is a, a nun study and it was, it was a, it was a ton of nuns that were donated their, their brains to science. And the nice thing with this study is as far as from what I've read that people really love about the study is nuns on average live a similar existence. Their activity levels are close to the same. Their diets are similar. They're like, they're, they're on average, like a a pretty, pretty similar group of people. So it's not necessarily having that much more physical input that would change this study that much. So that's, that's one of the big reasons that people like this study. So they hacked all these brains open and they found all these arthrosclerotic plaques, which our brain works off of these electrical signals that go through um, all these different pathways, these neural pathways and billions of different, different electrical signals between different parts of our brain make up our thoughts. And when you get these arthrosclerotic plaques, it, it think of that as like a, like a kink in your water hose and these arthrosclerotic plaques stop the electrical signals from going through. And those plaques are what causes Alzheimer's or some forms of Alzheimer's, the age related forms of Alzheimer's. And the more of those plaques, the more Alzheimer's like symptoms you should have. But the biggest difference is, is there's a big chunk of these nuns that had all these arthrosclerotic plaques all throughout their brain. But while they were alive, didn't really show much, if any, Alzheimer's symptoms. So then they started to look at what the difference between the nuns that showed a ton of symptoms and the nuns that didn't show a ton of symptoms that all had a a large amount of these, of these plaques on, on the buildup of their um, neurons. And what they found was the the nuns that were always concentrating or regularly concentra- concentrating on on growing their brain and building their knowledge base because what what you're doing when you're growing the functionality of your brain is you're building new neuron connections well the speculation is that all those old pathways the 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 information that relied on those old pathways as those old pathways started to build up with plaques the neuron connections or the, 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 the electrical neurons could travel through the new paths that were being built. And so you didn't have the same sort of Alzheimer's like symptoms that you had in the nuns that were very mentally stagnant and just kind of did the same thing every day. And were not growing their brain, not reading new things, not learning new things. And so right there, like that, should be another one of these things that we're shouting from the rooftops, like grow your brain, build your knowledge base, improve this part of your life because it's going to have compounding effects for 50 years to come. So that's the biggest thing with mental. And then, and then with spiritual, 
Um, if you guys have never read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, uh, basically Victor Frankl was in a Nazi concentration camp and a majority of the people around him at some point in time all just kind of gave up. And Victor Frankl never really gave up. And what the book Man's Search for Meaning is, is basically saying like when you have something bigger than yourself to live for, um, you don't give up because it, it's not about you. It's about something larger. So as far as your spiritual well-being or your spiritual health, like this doesn't necessarily mean a monotheistic religion like Catholicism or Islam or Judaism um, or even a polytheistic religion like. Um, ooh, the other one that's in the in the middle east i'm i'm missing that one but that's a polytheistic religion basically monotheist is one god polytheist is multiple gods your religion doesn't even really need to be a a theistic religion it could be a buddhist uh, a religion which buddhism is basically the the tenant of the the main tenet of buddhism is like we all um we all go through pain we all are going to suffer Life is suffering. Um, if you can pull back your emotional connection to the suffering and let the suffering happening happen, because it's going to happen no matter what, like everybody is going to suffer through life. Um, you can reduce your, your emotional connection to suffering and you can watch the suffering happen and then, and then get through it and then come out the other side and, and be better at it and be better at, and be better and healthier and you don't have the emotional connection to the to the suffering that you have that's high spot a tenet of buddhism um but your spiritual well-being is more about knowing your knowing your 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 why knowing that there is something bigger than you whatever that is having that that thing that's bigger than you to live for and then having a regular practice like there's a ton of people out there who are religious but practice religion way less than people who consider consider themselves not religious and they just consider themselves um a spiritual being right and they're constantly practicing um oh shit i just got the notification that my hard drive is almost full. We better wrap this up at 43 minutes. So that covers everything. Um, I'm, I, I wanted to get into some of the most recent books that I've been reading and high spot those and give you guys an idea so that you have a, a reading list. But with, with, with this, I think we're going to cut it and I'll upload the audio and I'll upload the video to YouTube. And if you guys like this, this format, reach out. And it's something that when, when we are able, unable to meet, um, this is something that we can do. It's, it's pretty easy to sit down and throw one of these t- together. Um, and it's, it's nice to kind of, to kind of summarize w- what we've been going through and kind of give a, a, a one stop shop of like, what is squared away? Why listen to it? And I, I love every one of you guys, like every one of you that's out there, especially when you message me like, Hey, 
you know, this part of the podcast really helped me. You're spot on this part. I didn't agree with like, I love all of that. Like, that's what I'm here for. Like, I, I believe I was put on this earth to try to motivate and inspire as many possible people to be better versions of themselves as possible. And, and that's what I'm here for. I hope you, you savages have an amazing day and uh, week and enjoy yourself. 